Welcome to Launch Left Podcast. I'm Rain Phoenix. Today's very special guest is Melanie Charles. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Please welcome to the show, Melanie Charles. Hi, Melanie. So nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you too. Oh my goodness. Your record is so beautiful. Such inspired reimaginings of just some of the greatest singers of our time. And what an interesting experience that must have been for you to, to modernize it and to pay homage to ancestors. And can you share a little bit about what drew you to do this project and, and how, how that shook down for you? Absolutely. Um, before I this project, I released a mixtape called The Girl with the Green Shoes. And on that project, I did a flip of Nancy Wilson's How Glad I Am. And so I guess the way it worked is that the people at Verve heard what I did with that. And they said, you know what, we would like you to sort of do the same type of things from songs from our catalog. I don't know if you're familiar with the Verve catalog. They've been doing this Verve remix series thing where they get different DJs every few years to come in and flip songs. So me being the artist that I am, of course, I wasn't going to do no regular, regular, regular remix. They, they ended up being more like reimaginings and they gave me access to the catalog. They let me choose the songs that I wanted to choose. And nostalgia is really close to me. I wanted to choose songs that we all kind of knew. Maybe our mothers knew them. Maybe our grandmothers knew them. But I wanted us to experience them in a fresh way. So th this is what, what came out from that. And how was that studio experience? Like, you know, did you hand select the musicians or were they brought to you to reimagine these songs? So when I was approached to do the project, it was right before the pandemic had begun. And so the plan was to go into the studio with my band and chop up um, the recordings and like resample and rework them. But the lockdown happened and I actually was stuck at home trying to make this project. It was a real learning curve for me. I am a true analog girl. I usually go to the studio, the engineer presses record and I do my thing. I was not used to recording myself. I did not know logic or pro tools or any of that stuff. Um, so it was truly um, blood, sweat, and tears, actually, to find a way to make this project happen. And once things started opening up, I was able to take my musicians into the studio. Um, luckily, born and raised in New York City, I have access to all of the best musicians in the world. And I was able to pull together the people that I wanted to, you know, I play keys, I play flute. Um, so a lot of the production is done by myself, but for things that was outside of my wheelhouse, I was able to bring in people like Julius Rodriguez, who is my album mate, and he does a really beautiful solo on Jazzy Nothing But Soul. On the flip of Woman of the Ghetto, I had Brandy Younger, who's also my label mate, and she laid down some beautiful harp on there. Um, and so, yeah, it was very, things were, it was such a disjointed pieces here pieces there I thank my mixer Josh Jinta who did a beautiful job at mixing and um, Kelly Hibbert who did a beautiful job at mastering they really helped make the whole thing gel together that piece mix and master really finishes any project right. <laughs> it makes makes it all cohesive and smooth right. and beautiful yeah 
Well, mm-hmm. such a great job. I, I'm so curious how music first found you. My mom always says that before I could speak, when I was like four years old, three years old, two years old, I was humming all the time um, before I had words. And she said, okay, this little girl must be mu- is going to be musical. So she, I grew up in the church, like most um, African-American singers. I grew up in the church and she took me to the church organist to give me voice lessons. Um, I was like, four around this time and five years old. And she said, well, you know, she's a little young. I don't want to touch her voice, but I'll give her piano lessons. So at the age of five, I started doing piano lessons. And I think around six or seven, she was like, okay, I think I'm ready to start working with her voice. And that's when I started singing. And my mom, I call her momager because she's always been really hands-on and really supportive of my musical artistic development. And from a young age, I was in dance class, ballet, tap, modern class you know when I got to junior high and I enrolled in band class that year I missed the first few days of school because I was doing the Miss America pageant you remember those like teen preteen competitions Mm -hmm. so I missed the day where we got to choose our instruments and they chose the flute for me and I was really upset because I wanted saxophone or trumpet I wanted something loud you know but I was stuck with the flute of course now I love it I'm glad that's the instrument I was stuck with You know, I went to LaGuardia High School, the fame school in New York City, and I was a flute major there, but I was able to participate in the musicals and, you know, I was lead and hair of the musical. I got to sing on stage, dance on stage, play my flute. So I've actually very privilege, not financially, because we broke over here, but when it comes to support and encouragement, um, I've been privileged to just have a support system around me that just always nurtured um, my artistic development. I think for artists, like having a family or teachers or friends who really support your creative is like the number one thing that's going to help you outside of your own personal drive. And we hear stories of artists like that all the time who had nobody. Like you said, it's a privilege to have that kind of support. I was very lucky like that. My parents were very supportive of my artistic endeavors and that made all the difference. Although I always am like mad that they didn't make me take piano lessons yeah like you know like you at least like went through a music program like all I'm just by ear only and I you know I write I'm a songwriter but I I know far less music understanding I always say that both approaches are very valuable and important I I say that like once I graduated college, I went to the new school for jazz and contemporary music. I spent the next five years unlearning everything that I learned so that right. I can connect back to the heart and soul of the music. My brother, my younger brother is an incredible saxophone player. He doesn't really read. He can hear anything and just play right away. I don't really have it like that. And I admire him. He's younger than me, but I look up to him. So I really mm-hmm. think that both experiences are really important and really beautiful. It's just up to how mm-hmm. we we navigate what we got, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, my other burning question that I always ask is about activism or what is, you know, what is, how do you focus your creative on, um, on the world at large or giving back in some capacity? Do you have something that's specific and close to your heart? You know, that's a very interesting thing. I think that naturally being an artist, the role of the artist is to be a reflection of the time of, 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 um, of our experiences of our community. And so naturally there is an element of activism 
within that. You know, when we talk about being radical and, you know, even me surviving as a Black woman in the world is already an act of, of yeah. um, activism in a way, you know? And so I find that if I can find ways to infuse um um, knowledge about my experience moving in the world as a child of, as a person that is first generation, my family is from Haiti. Um, and I was born here, but I was raised in a Haitian household. So that's a very specific experience. And, you know, moving now we're we're talking about the Me Too and all of that and the George Floyd's, like all the racial tension, you know, it is my job to educate people about what's going on and you know when we talk about this album y'all don't really care about black women the songs and the women that I'm singing the songs that I'm singing and the women who sang those songs were talking about the same things that are still going on today you know yeah. women of the ghetto song that Marlena Shaw sang she was talking about how kids from certain black children from certain areas that don't have resources to the same education remember when we had the lockdown certain kids weren't able to go to school because the schools weren't able to do the social distancing and kids were at home did it some kids couldn't afford laptops you know, mm-hmm. certain kids, they didn't get fed unless they went to school for the school lunches. Like it's the right. same stuff. Um, you know, there's this famous interview of Nina Simone talking about how she had to pull out a gun for the promoter to pay her her money. And Rihanna's talking about, bitch, better have my money. So we're, we're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a Meredith Monk is a is a mentor of mine. Um, yeah, she's in her. I think now she's in her eighties. She is a multimedia artist. Um, she is a, a white woman, um, and she is at the forefront of like um, film, dance. She created her own style of singing where she doesn't use any lyrics. It's all about you know the emotion and. Um, she's been mentoring me. And when, when we were in the heat of the lockdown and the, um, Black Lives Matter movement, and I told her how I felt a little bit tired because I feel like people were looking to me to like, say something about, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, and she was like, just continue doing what you're doing. Just the very fact that you're making this art is important and is valid. And she'll just continue. And I appreciate her saying that because it really just allowed me to just continue the work that I've already been doing just by existing. I think the reason I ask that question is is often more just it's almost rhetorical because I do believe that it is as Nina Simone said an artist's responsibility to reflect their times, yeah. and so like it's just almost like a reminder. It reminds yeah. me to like go back to that, that we're not just here to talk about our work or just, you know, you know, talk about how great the specific song we made or, but, but it's something deeper. And are we all aware of that? Your answer is, is exactly what needed to be said. And I'm so grateful for your time and your efforts in making such a beautiful record. Um, Is there anything else you want to share besides that we need to know how to find you everywhere, please? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me on my website, melaniecharles.com. You'll find links to the album that's coming out. If you Google my name, you'll find links to my project before The Girl with the Green Shoes. It's something that I'm really proud of. Um, I'm Melanie Charles is the flower on Instagram. Um, you know, and just to tie back in the title of the album, I just hope that anyone who comes across this project that you really ask yourself, how am I in support in in, in protecting and honoring women of color more than just, oh, I buy their albums or I do that. Like literally on a day-to-day basis, what are we doing to protect, to support, to care for Black women? And I'm not only saying that for white women, white men, I'm talking even to Black women too. How are we caring for each other? You know, how mm-hmm. are Black men caring for us? Um, we're always supposed to be the strong one, all oh, the strong Black women. Nah, we're sensitive, man. We need some care. We need some love. Um, so I just hope that this project encourages people to reconsider that. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Peace and love. I am Melanie Charles, and this is my reimagination of Marlena Shaw's Woman of the Ghetto. I was born and raised in the ghetto. I was born and raised in the ghetto. I am a woman of the ghetto. Listen to me,
Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left of center artists in all creative fields. <laughs> 